So what I what I found in school ministry is, man, sometimes you you just gotta like put your agenda on the shelf. Like you know, and in, in your heart, you want you're there because you want to see your student ministry grow, but but you're also there to like advance the kingdom and to be a light mm-hmm. into that school. And so, man, rather than coming in and saying, how does this directly impact my ministry or my student number? Um, man, what if you're just there to serve? Uh, what if you're just there to to hold a door? What if you're just there to, to be a light, to be a trusted adult? Welcome back to the Picking Your Brain podcast, where we interview people doing ministry at a high level. And on today's episode, we have Chris Hargrove. What's up, Chris? What's up, Blake? How you doing, bro? I'm great, and I'm so excited to have you on. Um, For anybody who's who's listened to multiple episodes of this, um, Chris is one of the four or five guys that I called. Uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, just kind of some guys that I looked up to from all over the country that I thought do ministry well, and we had a good hour, hour and a half conversation yeah. that I learned yeah. a lot from, and so Same. I just feel I feel like so many of y'all need to hear from him, and so I'm excited to have him on the podcast today. Sweet. So, Sweet. Chris, if you don't mind, let everybody know where you're serving and all those good things. Yeah. Would love to, Blake. Thanks, man. Love, um, love picking your brain. Love the title of it. I love when titles speak for themselves. Um, yes. There's a there's this trend I feel like where we got to make like something cute and flashy, and I always air like, man, let the title speak for itself. So I love it. Um, breaking you. your brain, but yeah, man, pumped to hang out with you today. Um, I'm Chris. Uh, I've been married ten years uh, to just a true gift of the Lord, um, and my my wife, her name's Carrie. Um, her and I, uh, really, for the last seven years, used to serve together in ministry. She was a nice. been a student pastor. Um, she was our next gen admin. So her and I worked really, really closely together. Um, we uh, we just started up here. I'm at Biltmore Church. It's a multi-site church here in Asheville, North Carolina. And I'm at our um, Arden campus, which is our broadcast campus. And I've been here, gosh, going on like I'm approaching month eight. So I'm in that honeymoon phase. Um, it's been a whole new world moving up here. My wife, has, uh, we've decided to homeschool our girls. Um, so I've got two kids, two two girls. I'm a girl dad. They're uh, ages six and four. Uh, they'll be, um, my oldest will be seven in February and youngest will be five in March. So we got, uh, Christmas broke the bank and, and, uh, yes. the birthdays are gonna, gonna hurt it even more. Um, but man, we love, uh, we both, my wife and I, we love student ministry. Uh, she serves as a small group leader for me here at our church. And man, we love, um, love being part of what God's doing here up in Asheville. Uh, it is uh, rumored that uh, Asheville, North Carolina is God's country. Um, it okay. is beautiful up here in the mountains <laughs> and uh, just a real, really cool place. Um, Asheville is a really transient, diverse uh, group of people here. And we love, love being able to serve up here. Um, but yeah, I've been, been in student ministry um, in Gainesville, Georgia, previously here. So I was at a church for seven years and now I'm on seven months. So looking to rebuild some tenure here, um, but enjoy doing it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for giving up some time today to be able to spend with us. Um, The format of the podcast is really simple. I'm just going to ask you a few questions about you as a minister and then how you think about ministry so we can all learn from you today. Does that sound all right? Looking forward to it, bro. (laughs) 
All right. So we'll start with the first question because I think it's it's good to, to understand how different ministers uh, have felt the call to ministry. And so how did you know that God was calling you specifically to ministry? Yeah, um, it's a it's a good thing that I that I know and can remember that God was calling me that God has called me to ministry because there are days where I'm like, what in the world? You know, what, what I just want to walk out of. Um, but man, I'm I'm thankful that God's called me to ministry and. And if I, if I can have my way in this calling, dude, I'll be I'll be gray haired and in a wheelchair, still hanging out with students. Um, really? That's ministry cool. And want to be in it as long as I can. Um, I became a believer when I was 19 years old. So I didn't uh, didn't know Jesus or have a relationship with him as a kid, uh, middle school student, high school student. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why I love student ministry so much mm-hmm. is I want to help create. Uh, you know, student ministry that I never had growing up. Um, but yeah, I became a, became a believer when I was 19 through, through uh, a series of just kind of hard circumstances in life that brought me in a posture to surrender to the Lord, um, to follow him. And at the time, my, the pastor, he, you know, I was a, I was a basketball player through high school and had some influence in my community through sports and became a Christian. and. My pastor was like, man, we need to get you hanging out with students here at church. Um, use that influence. And I was like, okay. So uh, I started serving as a Sunday school co-leader um, with a man named Harold Ezel. We co-led ninth and 10th grade boys. And I remember walking into a room. Um, they knew a hundred times more about the Bible than I did. Um, <laughs> I hardly I hardly knew what to do with like a Sunday school lesson. Um, but I remember using, uh, just relationships and, um, just common, common ground, uh, similar shared experiences to build relationships with those boys and, and just fell in love with that. And the Lord gave me opportunity to continue to do that. Uh, I did that for about a year, uh, that following summer, I was given an opportunity to be a, um, this is where all great ministry calling start as a youth intern, um, yes. over the summer, uh, made, uh, made like, <laughs> bucks a month. Um, thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Uh, and just had a blast and so much fun hanging out with students and seeing them like come to life in Christ. Uh, through all that, I'm, I'm really being counseled and mentored well by guys my age and then a pastor, uh, you know, several decades older than me praying about, man, what is it God's calling me to do? Um, I didn't know that was a question you should ever ask. Um, Mm -hmm. So we just began praying about that. Like at the time I was a computer science major um, at a local uh, public school, uh, wanted to do like robotic stuff and still have a desire to do that thing, those things and love them. But quickly began to realize like, man, God might have different plans for me. So the Lord continued to open up doors in student ministry and just continued to make that a intentional prayer focus of mine. And man, um, the Lord answered those prayers by opening doors and giving me fulfillment, you know, each and every day as I pursue a ministry and, and students and uh, dropped out of that school, went to a Bible college, um, became, you know, kind of went from a, a $200 a month type type role to be like a part time staff member in student ministry. And yeah. and God's been God's been faithful and he routinely reminds me, um, you know, of, of uh, and encourages me like in this call to student ministry. And, and I know 
he's he's big and he's God and he could call me out of it. Um, but man, I'm I'm in, I'm holding tight onto the days that I'm in it because <laughs> I love it and uh, want to be in it as long as I can. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, one of one of the things that stuck out that I have a similar with my testimony is uh the sounds Harold was his name was the guy that you were partnered with. Yeah, Harold Harold so- Ezel. He's still he's still serving at that church and. He, he probably will never know, um, you know, the informal impact he had in my life by me watching him lead. Um, I mean, he's a he's a kind of like a, a hidden line in my testimony, but uh, it's a it's bold and in all caps, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's, it's part of the story, but he's a huge part of it. And that's what I was just going to touch on. I had a guy, Kevin Houston and Lonnie Shaw. They're two guys in our church that I'm currently serving yeah. at that, yeah. that my youth pastor partnered me with that I got yeah. to watch them lead. Yeah. And yeah. so young ministers, if you see potential in some guys or girls that are doing really good in ministry, partner yeah. them up with somebody so they can grow and learn. And be able yeah. to watch Cause they're, yeah. they're good at relationships. We're good at, you know, that, that connecting, but show yeah. them, Hey, this person leads a Bible study. Well, this person leads well. So yeah. that, that's, that's just cool that we yeah. both share that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so awesome. Uh, all right. And so because you've been doing ministry for a while, I'm sure you have a system now of how you come up with a sermon or a process that you do that's kind of like this is what works for me. And so what yeah. resources do you use typically yep. in a sermon? Yeah. And then what does that process look like? Yeah, um, I'm really fortunate. I know not everyone has this opportunity, but I'm, I'm fortunate Really, for the better part of the last 10 years, uh, 11 years I've been in ministry, I've been able to, to do ministry in a team um, kind of environment. So a hu- huge resource for me is just like other other folks um, bou- bouncing ideas off them, finding out what other youth, youth pastors are. Um, man, what are, what are they seeing needs to be kind of kind of tackled or taught on in their own context? Um, <laughs> but involving others, uh, man, I'd love, love to involve others to number one, just help breed creativity. And then number two, um, give some accountability, you know, like making sure I'm not teaching something out of left field or something that's, you know, scripturally, uh, a disservice. Um, but you know, uh, I hope it goes without saying, um, you know, uh, it sounds cliche, but I'm going to say it, you know, huge resource as we approach teaching and content would be, you know, let, let prayer, your prayer life be a resource mm-hmm. and for, and what is it God would have me teach? What is it God would ask of us uh, to teach in his word to our students? Every every student pastor on the ground, they're the student ministry expert for their church. And so out of that, you know, there's an expectation to and know, know where your students are at, have a good pulse on what's what's trending in, in their world, not necessarily the, the world as a whole, um, but pray about it, man, and then study that. And then practically, you know, gathering resources. I think you find that in talking with others. Um, and if you're a, if you're a youth pastor, find another youth pastor and y'all, y'all talk through what you're teaching. Um, yes. and you know, don't, don't be territorial over what you're teaching and share that and be willing to have a conversation like, man, does this line up? Uh, do you think this would be helpful to students, but gather resources through people? Um, there, there's plenty of great online commentaries. There's, there's great books. Um, you can, you know, I, I, I always try to have like book resources as I'm working on a, a sermon or a sermon series. Um, and then, man, n- not not in an effort to rip a sermon, but I love to just listen to other 
other communicators, um, yeah. uh, how, how they might handle a text or handle, a a hard truth or something. Um, so we'll, we'll read articles or blogs or listen to what like other, other folks are saying in that, mm-hmm. that world. Um, and then as far as like, man, how do you get it from brain to paper? Um, the way, the way I've communicated for, for the last eight years or preached would, it's always with like a central idea. I love having a central idea. We call it a big idea, bottom line, sticky point, whatever it is, yeah. but kind of like building off that, um, really building off that to build, build attention, um, in front of your students and then, uh, sharing with them, man, here's how the gospel speaks to that. Um, but yeah. love using on- online commentaries and books. I, I've, I've never, I've never had the logos or logos, whatever it is. I've always been too afraid to, to pay for it. Um, but uh, there's, there's great things online. Um, so definitely vet, vet your resources, but there's ton, tons online. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So the guy, if you, if you get a chance, the, the podcast before this one, he's a seminary um, dean of a seminary and he just, he raves about Logos, says it's yeah. what his go-to is. Yeah, um, it's incredible. I find like a free trial of it and I'm like, man, this is great. <laughs> How yep, many free yep. trials and emails do you have to make to keep it going for a year? <laughs> And then um, another resource that I think three or four guys have already mentioned, and I have it too, is the Tony Evans Bible Commentary. I don't know if you've yeah. seen it yeah. or used it. Yeah, that great. one is that's yeah. one of my go tos as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of one of my one of my go tos, um, Blue Letter Bible. There's a guy named David okay. uh, Guzek. Um, love reading his stuff. Um, uh, he's got great great application and illustrations mm-hmm. in his commentary. And then I'm a, I'm a big Spurgeon fan. Um, I yeah. love Charles Spurgeon. Um, I, I read a lot of him just in my own personal quiet time, uh, every day. So, uh, I, you know, I'm quick to look to see how did, how did Spurgeon unpack it, uh, a long time ago. Um, yeah. cause he's, he's got, he's, he's a wealth, he's a, he's a well of knowledge. Um, but yeah. And then man, I'll say it and I'm not ashamed to do it. There's great resources. Um, you got to vet them, but DYM's got like Wine360. Yeah. They all they all have Wine360's got a great sermon series platform, and yep. and for a busy student pastor, you can you can take those and let them be like the the bones of a sermon yes, series absolutely. Sermon outline. And uh, we've used those in the past, and they've been they've been great. Um, so sometimes it's kind of in a if you're in a busy season, uh, I think it's okay to. To um, to lean on those resources that are that are done done really well. Yeah, and I may get in trouble for saying this, but like I've done that before too. Just even as little as I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. You know, what's a, who's someone that done a sermon series before? Go on DYM, type in Holy Spirit, and then it yeah. says this is a three week series. We used Matthew, Mark, and you know Luke, and yeah. we use these verses. And I'm like, okay, yeah. let me check those out, and I don't even yeah. have to buy it. <laughs> Yeah, I can just be like, "Cool, that gets me go. It gets my my Even brain just, rolling." Yeah, it gets your gets your mind and heart moving in that direction, and um, yeah. might give you like a framework. I think that that can be really helpful. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, next question. Um, this yeah. is something that I think will help a lot of guys um, because as you get to a new church, the 
the you're you're excited and you're you want to hit the ground running and you want to just change everything and you want everything to be new and you know you want to update everything. So because yeah. you're you're in this still like you said honeymoon season, uh, yeah. how do you evaluate a ministry as you're arriving at a new church? How do you yeah. evaluate the whole student ministry and then even like specific events? How do yeah. you evaluate? You know, this event is like a sacred cow here. I can't, I can't touch that one. This one um, maybe can be adjusting you. Know, yeah. How do you know when it's time to change it? How do you know it's time to get rid of it? Any of those yeah. things. What, touch on that however you want. <laughs> Man, it's, it's a, uh, you could go on and on about this question and it's a great question. And the reality is there's always, uh, there's always a, a pastor in transition of some sort. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd say one thing that's important in your transition is to, to end well and leave well. Um, cause what that does is I think it puts you in a, in a good mind and heart space to start well at your next calling. Yeah. Um, I'm really thankful. I was at a place in Georgia for seven years and, uh, there I, I'm, I, I think with integrity, I can say I started well, I served well and I ended well. Um, at least in, that's my own perception of it. And because of that, I think it helped, keep me in a good mind and heart space to start well with a humble mind and heart and heart here at, at Biltmore, um, where I'm at now. And, and, I, uh, you hit on this earlier, Blake, like I'm, I'm detailed, man. I take notes on like any meeting I'm in, anything I come out of, I'm, I'm jotting stuff down. Um, I love to stay organized and kind of build my own kind of mental brain dump on my computer. Uh, mm-hmm. so, Dude, what I did when I came here, I created a Google Doc and uh, Biltmore is a man. It's a big, big church. It's multi-site. There's it moves fast. And I knew like I I was going to forget more in the first 90 days than what I learned because there's just so much going on. So I did a um, I did a daily like mental download um, for the first 90 days. Um, And I put just in a Google Doc day one. observations, thoughts, and questions. And I would just, every day I'd, I'd come home and I'd take like 10 minutes on my computer and uh, I would just write down like, man, what did I see today? Um, what questions came out of what I saw? Who do I need to ask that to? Um, and then uh, what what did I what did I think about it all? So just somewhere, somewhere really generic, it could have been like, um, uh, hey, don't ask the finance team for uh, an Amazon gift or don't, don't purchase an Amazon gift card, ask the finance team for it. Like it could be something simple Mm -hmm. as that. Um, but it could also be like who we are holistically, philosophically, some of our mission and all those things. And, and I even, uh, I'm actually, I I pulled it up. I'm looking at it right now. Um, like even today I'll go back and I'll reflect back to those first 90 days where you're drinking out of a fire hydrant. So man, I, I would say as you're moving into a new ministry position, um, man, uh, be, become a, become a writer and like write down what you're seeing, what you're not seeing, what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Um, because what you learn in those first 90 days really helps shape you, I think in the next six months and the next, the next even six years, if you're fortunate mm-hmm. enough to stay, um, cause you're learning so much and, uh, it's good. It's good to reflect and go back and remember those things. So for me, man, that was a huge thing. Just a helpful tip, dude, do a, do a daily download. Um, your first three months, first six months, you can continue that, that, uh, that practice. Um, 
So that was really helpful. So I would do that generically. And then as specific things came up, I would kind of do that, you know, right, right when I got here in May, we had a senior commissioning, you know, senior commissioning was, it was already planned by the time I got Mm -hmm. here. Um, I, I pretty much just showed up and helped serve dinner, but like, but even for that, for that night, you know, we, uh, I'm, I'm in the back of the room hanging out, talking, but I'm also like evaluating as we go. So just a a helpful practice for me is I evaluate everything as I go. Um, If I'm at an event, if I'm at camp, if I'm at a DNL, um, I, I use Apple notes. My, I live and die by Apple notes. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'll just throw, throw the date on it and throw down all those things. What am I seeing? What am I thinking? Um, Helpful questions to always think through is like, uh, what was good, what was bad, what was missing, what's confusing, um, and then what are action steps we need to take uh, post yeah. that event. Um, so I try to do that really for any any event we do. Um, so as far as evaluating at a new church, um, those are two things I did. Um, before you can even really begin to evaluate, you've got to, you've got to first begin the process of s- like understanding who you are as, as a church. Mm-hmm. So one of the first things I did um, attempt to do is schedule a one-on-one, like with every small group leader I had that was already serving in this ministry. Um, yes. I didn't, I didn't get a, I didn't get a hundred percent like retention or uh, participation in it, but like, man, that, that was a huge thing for me to hear from the leaders that have been here. Um, like, man, tell me, Tell me what you're seeing. Tell me what you love. Tell me what's been a struggle. Um, tell me, you know, you don't dictate what I do, but like, tell me what you would want out of a student pastor. Um, and man, those were, those are really good things. Um, and I also did that with staff. Uh, when I got here, I tried to sit down with a bunch of staff and get to know them. Um, one of our, uh, one of our staff values here is to hold the methods loosely. Um, so Bill Moore is constantly, evaluating, man. Like, is this something we need to keep doing? Uh, if it is, how do we make it better? Uh, if it's not, how do we lovingly and honorably, um, you know, <laughs> bury it for lack of better words. Yeah, um, yeah. so it, it's been, you know, I'm seven months in and I feel like I'm still in that eval mode, like just learning who our church yeah. is, um, and what we do, you know, there, there is great wisdom. I'm not the originator of it, but there's great wisdom in like not rocking the boat within your first 12 months. Um, yes. So definitely like definitely embrace that. But at the same time, man, sometimes early on you got to blaze a trail. Uh, and I think how you do that really matters if you do it with grace and with patience. Um, and, you know, the, the last thing you, you want to, I think, try to do is come in and be like the guy that flips everything upside down and then yeah. leaves everyone behind them. Um, so, you know, I think it's bringing people into those conversations with you as you evaluate, um, you know, talked about that other with, talked about that before with, with your sermons, man, involve others. Um, don't be the only voice speaking into your, into your ministry. Um, you can quickly turn into an echo chamber and not, not get any feedback from, from other people. Um, and then man, uh, some, I think some helpful wisdom, man, pray, pray about what you're evaluating, pray about what you're seeing. Uh, when it comes to changing an event, man, pray about that, involve others, talk to people. Um, 
I think one of the worst things we can do, uh, and I've been guilty of it before, um, have this perception like pastors sit in like a wide ivory tower and we just bark our orders and event commands down and people just got to do it. So, you know, uh, getting, getting off your, getting out of your seat and to go talk with people about what this ministry looks like is, is great. Yeah. I thought that was great wisdom to say that you interviewed the small group leaders and the staff, uh, because that's, you're going to get a holistic picture at that point of what this ministry looks like, because whether you agree with the person who is in the ministry before you or not, um, they had a heart for this ministry. They loved those students. They loved that church. And so there's, there's, you need to take, like you said, at least up to a year, let's evaluate, let's look at, there's a reason they made that decision. Um, I might not agree with it after evaluating. I might see, okay, nope, I don't agree. Let's do something different, but at least evaluate what, what they've done there. Um, and then interviewing those people, I think can help you not step on landmines, um, that you may not even know where they're there. Um, At my last church, there was this, uh, in the town, there was this big Mardi Gras ball. Um, we're in Louisiana, uh, but there's this big Mardi Gras ball that I didn't realize was on a specific Saturday. So I planned D now on that weekend and I lost 90% of the people. They said, Hey, we'll be there Friday. Uh, we're going to this thing on Saturday. And I was like, I didn't know about that. Why didn't no one tell me because I was 19. I didn't know to ask, (laughs) you know, And it'll, it'll continue to happen. Uh, so you just pray God, God gives good people to speak into you, um, and yes. help, help be good. Uh, you know, check your blind spots a little bit on all that, but yeah, man, um, do that. I think a great question you can ask staff. It, it's a little bit of a loaded question. So you got to like, you got to phrase it, phrase it right. But uh question I asked around here to, to some of the staff is, man, what's something, um, no one told me in an interview process you think I should know? Um, you know, boy, does that pull the curtain back? Um, it does. Yes. On, in a good way. Um, but also it's like, okay, I didn't know that. Um, Mm -hmm. so man, don't be afraid to ask hard questions and, um, you know, and man, Lord willing, the Lord will put people in your life who will tell you the truth and not just what you want to hear as you're, as you're going through that process. Absolutely. Yep. And since we're talking about events, let's move to the next question because um, I've, I've even told you this personally that I straight up stole yep. this event. Um, I was at Conclave. Yeah, <laughs> I was Love at it. Conclave a few years ago, and uh, I'm a middle school pastor. And so, yep. um, you were leading a middle school specific breakout, and all my buddies yep. were like, "Why are you going to the middle school one? You you do middle yep. school." So, well, that's yep. exactly why I need to go learn yep. from this guy. Right. And so I sit in and you pitch this idea and I call it preview night. I don't remember if that's exactly what yep. you call it. Yep. Um, but if you would just explain this event, this is an event you have, I believe for your upcoming fifth graders um, or, and then because a lot of ministries I think really are focused on the high school, even if you're all together, middle school, and high school, yep. you focus more on the high schoolers and you may yep. have an initiation event or you have something, yep. but this event that you do, I think, or you did, uh, yeah. was so good at welcoming yeah. those fifth graders and just helping them fill apart. So if you would just yeah. quickly share what that event looks yeah. like, and then we'll get to the last question. Yeah, I love it. Preview night, um, man, if you're listening, uh, pull a Blake, steal it, rip it, make it better, actually, and then come back on and tell us how you made it better. Um, <laughs> but preview nights, man, it's a simple way to help connect your fifth graders into, into the ministry before, into the student ministry before they're an actual student. Uh, mm-hmm. previously the church I served at fifth graders would promote up into student ministry, um, 
at the end of the summer. So it's the start of the new school year. So around August. So what I would do is we would um, kind of that second semester, fifth grader is where we begin to try to partner with them a little more. I'd go teach uh, Sunday morning. I'd go teach them once or twice and become just a ideally become a familiar face so that I'm not just some some new adult in their life, but familiar face like, man, I'm student pastor ready to ready for you to be in our ministry and start to start to build that excitement. And then what that does is it helps set you up for preview night and preview night is um, it's really it's that it's a night for fifth graders to come into the student ministry and preview what they will be experiencing as a student. And so it's kind of a night where you uh, you kind of roll out the red carpet for uh, your incoming fifth graders. So we would partner with our uh, kids ministry, our kids leaders, our kids staff. We would promote it well to parents um, with flyers and emails and, and all that. And our fifth graders on a Wednesday night, they would they would check in at kids and then um, they would have their kids ministry leaders uh, and they would have. Um, I would send a couple students and a couple student ministry leaders down to go walk with them and bring them up and help build some excitement. And then my favorite part of preview night would be we would shut the doors. All of our students are in the room and we would build a we build a football tunnel um, where everyone's got their hands up and they're screaming and cheering. <laughs> And then, man, we open the doors. There's loud music. Every now and then we would do like Rocky music, just something fun and familiar. <laughs> and our, our fifth graders would, would run through the tunnel, getting high fives. And they would have uh, they'd have like reserved seating, like there are special guests in the room. And we would just make a, a big deal about fifth graders in the room. They would see regular worship, a regular game, a regular teaching series. But they were our honored guests. And then afterwards... When our students would go to small group, um, our fifth graders would stay in the room and we'd give them some giveaways. We'd have like ice cream and then we would give them a chance. Uh, we would tell them a little more about who we are as a student ministry and then give them a chance to ask questions. Um, and then they'd go back to kids ministry and uh, they'd get checked back out by their parents or families. And um, but man, it was a great win, good relational win. And I think it really helped set them up for uh, success as they promoted into our ministry a few months later. Yeah, that is a home run event. You know, like it's, it's, so, a, fun, it's so fun. Because now those students are fired up for August. They cannot yeah. wait yep. to come be a part of that. Yep. Um, so I did it for the first time last April. And um, and I, I don't, it didn't sound like you don't have parents that come to that, right? No, par- parents are invited, uh, but most of them, gotcha. most of them don't come. It's like the one okay. night we'll let a, a huge herd of parents come, but most of yeah. them there, they were good. I got you. Well, for, yep. for me, I almost made it not a requirement, but like I want uh, the parent. Almost all the parents were there for that one, yeah, and um, be- because that was to me was so important because I wanted that mom and daddy to see, yeah. hey, our ministry does things yeah. well. Yeah. We, we say we're yeah. starting at this time. We're yeah. starting at this yeah. time. Our game's going to be. <laughs> say that again. I said that's how you made it better by bringing by making oh. parents come. So love that man. That's a great well, way. And it's. But by the end of that night, that parent was thinking, yes, my kid has to be involved in this yeah. in, in yeah. August. They, they yeah. need to be here. Um, because awesome. as you know, as you know, doing middle school ministry, if you can win the parent, that yep. student's going to be there. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Love that. Preview night's great. Take it, use it, capitalize with your kid's team and help help yes. build a bridge. It's a great way to yes. do that. Yeah, because I was I was right in the middle of trying to help continue to build that bridge for me because I, I help with VBS with our children's ministry. I yeah. would like to go to 
to camp with them. They kind of go far away. My, my daughter now, though, is at camp, so I may end up there a little. Uh, I'll try to figure out more ways, <laughs> more ways like you were saying, at the end of their semester in fifth grade, how can I start yeah. building that connection? So yep. student pastors, you have to do that in order to build yeah. that bridge to, to yep. not have that drop off from fifth oh, to yeah. sixth grade. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. That's passionate. Something I'm passionate about too. But, yeah, dude. I, right. I could talk about world all day long. Well, we'll end with this because I know this is something you're passionate about. Um, the the idea of a, of a student pastor being involved on a school campus has always been yeah. something that's kind of expected that we're going to connect with the, our local schools. Yeah. Um, yeah. But maybe today it may be harder than ever uh, to oh, get yeah. onto campus. Some schools have completely shut down since COVID and had let student pastors yeah. back. There's all yep. kinds of different things. And so I know that you have some ideas. You've sent me some of those of, of how yeah. student pastors can do that. So if you wouldn't mind just sharing how a student pastor can effectively connect yeah. with the school today. Yeah. And do there is an expectation um, a couple months ago uh, as I was working on some school ministry things. I just I went to a uh, if I said the name, you'd know it. But I went to a church website that posts jobs, job postings all the time and just typed in youth pastor. And uh, uh, seven out of 10, seven out of the first 10 all had a line in there relating to school ministry. Um, so mm-hmm. there is an expectation for us to do something with schools um, from from the people in our church or the people who write our job descriptions. Um, so I love school ministry. Uh, man, so much can be it could be an uphill battle depending on where, where you are. So I'll say this. Uh, what's the opportunity for school ministry, first and foremost, what it does is it gives you something really, really big to pray about. Um, man, you've got a couple hundred or north of a couple thousand students in, in schools around your church. And that in and of itself gives you something to pray, something big to pray about. You may never have a couple hundred, a couple thousand students like in your building or at your church, but you've got them in your community. So it's something big uh, to pray about. Um, so love, love praying for our schools and finding specific ways to pray for them. Um, one thing that I, that I've learned is, uh, and it, and it's come, it's come with hardship really, um, with school ministry, I've got, I've had to learn to shift my perspective. Um, man, I, early on, I went into schools like, man, how, how does this, how do I, how do I go into a school with 20 students in my ministry I go work in FCA and how do, how do I get five students from that FCA now in my school or now in my church? Um, and man, that was like my desire. And there's nothing wrong with that desire. I think you're going to find yourself frustrated and burnt out. Like if your goal is to go into a school and to see like automatic return of investment. Um, mm-hmm. So what I, what I found in school ministry is, man, sometimes you, you just got to like put your agenda on the shelf, like, you know, and in, in your heart, you want, you're there because you want to see your student ministry grow, but, but you're also there to like advance the kingdom and to be a light mm-hmm. into that school. And so, man, rather than coming in and saying, how does this directly impact my ministry or my student number? Um, man, what if you're just there to serve? Uh, what if you're just there to, to hold a door? What if you're just there to, to be a light, to be a trusted adult? Um mm-hmm. So shift that perspective and and let the perspective be like, how do I go in and just build trust? Um, how do I build yes. trust? It's, it's the old practice of man ministry of presence. They can't trust you if you're not there. Um, yep. So be there and show up um, as, as often as you can. Uh, and then the perspective shift that really kind of rattled my world is not only do you, 
do you become less concerned about how does this impact like your student ministry bottom line, but shift the perspective, man, how, how does this affect my entire church? So rather than me going to a school here and representing my student ministry, like, yeah, I, I'm pro that and want to do that. But how does this actually give give my church as, as, as a greater picture an opportunity to better minister to that to that school? Um, so man, what look, look for ways to involve other parts of your church to be part of that school ministry. Um, but shift, shift that perspective, man, you're not there to build a student ministry in a school. You're there to Mm -hmm. let your church minister to your community. Um, so that, that's been a hard shift for me, but, but what I, what I've done is I've kind of lowered my own personal expectations and I'm like, man, I'm, if I'm here, this is a win for my church. Um, I may not see it right away, but and that teacher knows I represent this church and that that's what I want. Um, as far as like a strategy, I'm in an environment, uh, community where, man, I got 30 to 40 schools represented on my campus on a Sunday and it's, <laughs> and it's hard and it's defeating. And it's like, how do you even, where do you start? Um, mm-hmm. so what, what we've done here is we've kind of adopted this practice of primary and secondary schools, a primary school, um, would be a school that I try to be at once a week. Um, so I've got, I've got two schools that are primary for me and I try to be at them weekly, whether that's an FCA, um, showing up at a sporting event, taking cookies to teachers, whatever it might be. Try to do that once a week. Um, secondary school would be a school that one of two things, one, I'm either trying to get in and have a foot in the door, or it's a school I've got a foot in the door Therefore, I'm going to try to be involved in that uh, once a month. Um, and so what, what that allows you to do is extend your reach, but also with some, I think, healthy expectation. Um, you're no longer trying to figure out, man, how do I be everywhere at once? Because the reality is you just can't do that. Um, if, you're, if you're in a community where you've got like one middle school and one high school that feeds into your student ministry, man, I would be there. I'd be doing something for them every week um, or every yeah. month, you know, and finding what that is. Um, so that's kind of like, that's kind of like our, my strategy with school ministry is I've got primary, primary schools. I try to do something once a week, um, mm-hmm. be creative, man. Schools give you something big to pray about. Uh, so be creative about what you're praying for. And then a secondary school would be, how am I plugging in once a month? Um, so maybe that, maybe that's helpful for you. For me, it yes. helped me quit trying to chase being everywhere at once. Cause you just, man, you just can't. Yeah, and like so, I'm at the context you just described. We have one middle school, one high school, and that pours right, right into us. And so for yeah. us, I know my context is so different. And yeah, you have thirty. Like I can't even fathom how I would do that. It's um, wild, dude. It's wild. So I love how you put that—the primary and the secondary—because that does help kind of make it more tangible. I can actually do that rather than trying to reach thirty schools. Yeah. Um. So some of the things that I've I try to do with my students here. Um. And it's maybe easier because it's a smaller context, but like I'll, I'll, I'll mention to them at least once every two or three months, talk about the, the, how many students we have on a Wednesday night, how many middle schoolers. And then I take like the five churches in our area and I say, you know, they have X amount, X amount. And we probably have 300 students in our area, middle school students that are in church on Wednesday night. Yeah. Our local school has 1200. Yeah. So where are they at? Yeah. So I said <laughs> students. So just because 300 are attending a church, that doesn't mean they love Jesus. Yeah. We have 300 that are at least attending, but we have yeah. 900 students that are within five miles of here that have yeah. nothing to do with Jesus. 
So yep. when you look in this room and you think, man, there's a bunch of kids here. We're doing great. So yep. No, there is a lost world that does yeah. not know Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I, I think so. Putting that, that, that context of like, yes, I'm so glad all of us are here, but let's yeah. not just be satisfied that we have 30, 40, a hundred yeah. in the room. Yeah. There is a lost world. So let's get encouraged yeah. here yep. and then let's go out. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Talk, and then, yeah. so d- I'll go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll throw this in there too. And it requires some good, uh, good, um, secure security and who you are. Uh, but man, be brave enough as a student pastor, youth minister, whatever role you're in, um, be brave enough to partner with another local youth minister Absolutely. And to your school. Like the, the days of being territorial in ministry have just got to, they've got to, they've got to just go. Um, and I know we all want numbers and we all want more students in our rooms, but man, before God called you to be, uh, you know, first Baptist student pastor, God called you to follow him and advance the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, you, you can do that well when you partner with other folks who have that same desire. So man, if you're, if you're in a community and there's other youth ministers around you, find a way to partner together and just yes. love the love the mess out of a school um, in your yes. community and watch what God does. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. like, we, yes, haven't reached because we're all on the same team. Yeah. It's not like yep. whatever, you know, whatever their church name is and ours, I mean, we're not yep. two separate. Like it's just two parts of the yep. team working together. Yep. Um, right. One final thing that I'll just add that, um, that I've done with my students here. And because even though we're kind of in the buckle of the Bible belt, we're Northwest yep. Louisiana, you know, we're in the deep South, but um, there was a lawsuit brought against our parish probably six years ago now uh, yeah. about how much faith was being involved in the public schools. And so they kind of started shutting a lot of that down. And wow. so we were student pastors were allowed on campus whenever we wanted. We could share sermons at FCA. We could do all kinds yeah. of stuff. Um, those went away. And there was a lot of parents and people that were frustrated. I'm like, yeah. well, dang it. How is, how is the gospel get to the schools? Well, yeah. then we made the shift. It's like, well, duh, the students are the ones that are supposed to be doing go. it. Yep. And so then what we've told our students is like, hey, I'm going to be on campus, try to be every day if I can, but I'm going to be in our yep. campus a lot. When yep. you see me, I can't talk about Jesus. Yeah, I can't do it uh, on the campus. I will be kicked off. I will not be allowed back. So when yep. you see me, use me as your launching pad of like, hey, you see that weird looking dude? That's my student <laughs> pastor. Um, yep. We have Dean Al this weekend. Come hang yep. out with us. We got church tonight. Come hang out yep. with us. Yeah. Um, so so empower awesome. the students that yep. you are on mission at your school. And so when oh, you yeah. see me, I can't go talk about Jesus, but you can. So yep. use me as your launching pad. Yep. Um, anyway, yep. that's my two cents. If it I love that. That's great, dude. <laughs> students, students want to do that. Like they, yes. they may not talk about it, but you empower them and equip them. And they'll, man, they'll get on board. Absolutely. Hey, Chris, man, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this yeah. wisdom. I've learned a lot. I don't know if you've noticed, I moved my hand. I was marking a clip. I was like, that was good. <laughs> That was um, good, yeah. so, man. So awesome, thank dude. you again for coming on. And uh, yeah, if you're listening, so. okay. yeah. thanks for having me. Loved it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, please make sure you follow so you can join. We'll bring on people just like Chris that are experts in different areas of ministry that we can all learn and grow together. So make sure you follow uh, the Intelligent Nonsense series of podcasts so that you can find our Picking Your Brain podcast. So until Love next it. time, we'll see you. see you then. See y'all.